Last Handful of Clover, a novel by Wes Mongo Jolly, read by the author. Book One, The Hereafter. Chapter 18, That Old Killani Magic. June 6th, 7.10 a.m. One benefit of their creaky old house was the pill could always tell when his wife was stirring in the bedroom upstairs. He was always up early, a habit he had never shed from his days growing up on his foster family's ranch on the north coast of New Zealand. Pill had not been back there since he and Michelle left Hawaii, but some habits died hard. Pill's journey from being an orphan Maori boy to a devoted Mormon husband seemed like an unlikely one, even to the man who had lived it. But whatever hand had guided his fate, Pill felt blessed. It had been an amazing twelve years with his wife, who was by far the best person he had ever known. He loved their church, their home, and their plans to start a family after he finished graduate school. It had all seemed so close to perfect. That is, until violence had struck so unexpectedly just three and a half short days ago. As Michelle stirred upstairs, Pill went to the cabinet to get her favorite coffee cup and realized that his hand was shaking. Now that he no longer had work to do, such as cleaning and repairing Keith's house, Pill could see how on edge his nerves had become. Staying busy had kept his brain from chasing its own tail, but now that Keith was back home and they were alone in the house, he realized he had borne more of the stress than he had thought. Even the extra passion in the sex last night hadn't completely dispelled the dark cloud he now felt hovering over their lives. As he did every morning, Pill waited until he actually heard Michelle on the stairs before he poured her coffee. He listened as his wife descended the last few steps and came into their kitchen, her face inches away from her cell phone, her hair still mussed from a restless night. As it always did, seeing her made him realize everything would be all right. Good morning, my lady, he said with a smile as he pulled out her chair. Michelle sank down at the table with a yawn, still rubbing the sleep out of her eyes. You don't look like you slept great, he said. I thought the old Killani magic would have put you right to sleep. He winked at her mischievously. Mmm, she said, rubbing her face in her hands. Yeah, I think we both needed that last night. You were such a beast. Finally, she looked up and caught his eye and saw him raising and lowering his thick eyebrows in his poor imitation of Groucho Marx. She smiled. Pill had seen little of that smile since the disaster last week. Since then, everything had been so dark, and each day had felt like a struggle just to get through. And if it had been that hard for him, he could only imagine how hard it had been for Keith and Michelle. Pill had been at the youth crisis line that night, training a new cohort of volunteers. He hadn't realized what had happened until he got the text on his way home. It was brief and terrifying. 
Richard has been shot and is dead. Keith is okay. We're at our house. Come as soon as you can. He had almost driven off the road. When he arrived, he found Keith and Michelle sitting together on the living room floor. There was a detective with them by the name of Grayson and a woman he later learned was a grief counselor in the city's employ. The hours and days since had been nothing but a blur of pain and mourning and the very necessary work that needed to be done when someone died. It had exhausted Pill, but it had devastated Michelle and Keith. That looked like an actual smile, he said, feeling the catch of emotion in his own throat. It's nice to see something that feels normal coming back. I think that started last night, which was lovely, by the way, she reached out to squeeze his hand. <laughs> it was more than lovely, lady. It was necessary. I think it made us feel alive and real again for the first time in days. The light was back in her eyes, and she put her phone into the pocket of the big flannel shirt she was wearing. She had gotten into the habit of wearing his old shirts as nightgowns. I think... Necessary is a good word, Meowie. Pill kissed the top of her head and glanced at the phone, still glowing through the fabric of the shirt. Anything overnight from our boy? No, nothing. Well, that's good, isn't it? Pill got up to refill his coffee. It means he must have slept through the night. I hope so. I just can't stop thinking of him over there all by himself. What if he woke up overnight in a panic and nobody was there to talk to him or to help him get through it? Mish, he's stronger than you give him credit for. He's finding his way through this the best he can. We've got to trust him. Let him set the pace. He paused a moment, then stroked her cheek with his huge paw. You've been amazing through all this. I hope you know that. Michelle was silent and Pill could see the tears were still there, just barely under the surface. I wish I had been there, he said for perhaps the hundredth time. I think I'm having survivor's guilt. I should have been there when you needed me, when you both needed me. I told you, baby, I'm glad you weren't, Michelle said, holding his hand against her cheek. You have no idea how important it's been to both Keith and me that you didn't go through that. It wouldn't have helped anybody to have all three of us, she searched for the word, to have all three of us melting down at the same time. He had to admit there was some truth in that. If his strength had failed, it would have been tougher for Michelle and Keith to have leaned on him the way that they had. I know it's only been a few days, Michelle said, but I think I'm finally accepting the reality of what happened to Keith, to all of us. Her voice was cracking, and he knew she was just seconds from a full-on storm of tears. Meowie, I don't know how we come back from this, and I don't know how to help Keith. I can't help thinking about something I once heard, that parents who lose a child often don't stay together after. The pain and the trauma are just too much for them, and, and it destroys the relationship. I worry that will happen to me and Keith, that we're now both too wounded to... Her voice trailed off and her hand toyed with the handle of her coffee cup. What she said was true. 
Pill was in the last year of his master's in social work at the university, and he knew that parents often separated after the death of their child. It was a well-known phenomena. And he'd even talked to kids on the crisis line who had told him similar stories from their own lives. But could that happen to two best friends as well? Would Richard's death steal Keith from Michelle? Could it even threaten our marriage? He said none of this to his wife. Pill knew that what she needed now was just to feel safe and loved. He sat in the chair next to her and pulled her into his lap, enfolding her in his thick arms. As always, Michelle felt so tiny when Pill held her. She was less than a third of his bulk and a foot and a half shorter. Pill clocked in at six foot six and four hundred pounds, perhaps more now that his once chiseled and muscular island body had softened with the years. Enfolding his wife in his arms often made him feel like he was holding one of the fragile kittens that he loved so much. She pulled her knees up into his lap and rested her head against his thick chest, and his arms around her practically made her disappear against him. He knew that being held this way was the only time when his super-efficient and control-freak wife truly allowed herself to be vulnerable. And as he knew they would, the tears came again. He rocked her while she cried, and after a few minutes the tears slowed. He carried her to the couch and then went back to the kitchen to get their coffee cups. They sat in silence on the couch for a long time, just holding hands, sipping their coffee, and watching the early morning light play off the leaves of the trees outside their window. As if she was reading his mind, Michelle asked, Do you ever wonder how you ended up here? He kissed the back of her hand. Me specifically, or us? Both, I guess, Michelle said. But I was thinking mostly of you. After all, I was born here. But you were kind of hijacked. <laughs> I'm sure when you were young, you never imagined that this was the life you'd be living. She gestured around the room, but it was clear she meant more than just the house. She meant the whole world of Salt Lake City, Mormonism, and America. She was right, of course. Pill grew up as an orphan in the foster care system in New Zealand. Between the time he was very young until the age of ten, he bounced through several foster homes. He didn't land in his forever home at the ranch of his parents until he was nearly twelve. Oh, it's not so weird, he said. Maybe it was all the foster homes when I was young that made me yearn for structure. And nobody loves structure more than the Mormons, Michelle snickered. That's definitely true. But you were adopted when you were 12, and you had a family after that. Yeah, but even then, my mom wanted more than just a family. She wanted a community, he smiled, remembering. She was easy picking for the missionaries, I think. That actually sounds a little cynical, Beastie, Michelle said, pinching his tattooed forearm. I don't mean it to be, really. I think the church saved my mom's life in a lot of ways. But what about you? You don't regret any of it? You've been in Utah a dozen years. You never wish we'd stayed in Hawaii? Not at all. You know, I only hired on at the cultural center because they paid my way to BYU. But I stayed because I think I needed what I found there as much as my mom did. It was a community, 
and it was acceptance. I'm grateful to my mom for taking us to Hawaii. I'm grateful for every step along the way. It all brought me to you. He kissed her hand. You're the best choice I ever made. Family you choose is always your forever family, I think, Michelle said softly. Hill laughed. Well, that's not particularly doctrine, you know. I know, she said. But I've been thinking a lot about it. About family, I mean. He waited for her to go on, but she didn't. He could feel her mind working there on the couch and decided it was best to just sit with her. He leaned over and kissed the top of her head. Keith missed you yesterday, she said, breaking the silence. He asked why you didn't come to dinner with us last night. There was a bit of a sting in that. Pill definitely should have been there. I was helping to put the boards up over the window and supervising the cleaning crew. Somebody needed to be there. That was true as far as it went, but he also sensed that his presence might not be as comforting to Keith as Michelle imagined. She took his hand. I'm glad you're coming with us to the funeral home today. It will do Keith a lot of good to see you. Me too, Hill said, kissing the back of her hand. I just hope my presence doesn't complicate his grieving. He expected Michelle to question that statement and was a bit surprised when she didn't. But after all, she knew that Keith's feelings for him were, he supposed that complicated was the best word. Many of the performers at the cultural center had been gay, although mostly closeted, and they always gravitated to him. It soon became a joke amongst his friends that the men seemed more attracted to Pill than the women were. It didn't bother him back then, and Perhaps the fact that he enjoyed the joking about it as much as his friends did took out any sting they may have intended. But when it came to Keith, he had always felt it best to ignore the elephant in the room so as not to complicate Michelle's relationship with her best friend. He'd always pretended not to notice the way that Keith looked at him. Don't try to overthink things, Pill, Michelle said. He realized that he was lost in thought again and Michelle had shaken him out of his reverie. He had to think for a second to remember what they were talking about. Oh yeah, we're going to the mortuary appointment today. Keith loves both of us and we both love him, Michelle said. He needs us both right now. He needs to feel safe. And I think he may need that from you more than me right now. I don't know. Maybe it's a guy thing. Bill thought for a moment. I think you're saying he needs the affection of a man more than a woman. <laughs> Not just any man, honey, you. When he didn't respond, she continued, We both know how he feels about you. You may be able to help him through this better than anybody. That was the closest Michelle had ever come to naming that elephant in the room. He was still struggling for words when she sighed and changed the subject. I feel guilty for feeling this way, but can't help but think that Richard Pratt complicated things for all of us when he came into the scene. And now that he's gone, he's complicated them even more. That's exactly what I'm afraid of, Hill thought. Richard was a hard guy to figure out, right from the start, Hill said, putting his coffee cup down on the end table. And it wasn't just that he was older. It was that he was so brash and arrogant, so much Keith's opposite. We spent those first few years wishing they'd break up, I remember. Well, 
that was probably just our protective instincts. Maybe nobody could have been good enough for Keith, at least in our eyes. Maybe. But Richard certainly wasn't good enough. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but Michelle put a finger to his lips. I know, Meowie. But that's all water under the bridge now. Keith loved him very much. We both accepted that years ago. Yeah, kicking and screaming. Maybe. But he was who he was, and he's gone. Let's just try to focus on what Keith needs now. Pill pulled her closer and kissed the top of her head. You're very wise, milady. He felt her phone buzz against his chest. Michelle felt it too and pulled it out of her pocket. She held up the phone to show him the text. He's awake, she said. You're listening to The Last Handful of Clover, a novel by Wes Mongo Jolly. If you're enjoying this audiobook, please consider supporting the author on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Wes Mongo Jolly. And for more information, check out the author's website at wesmongojolly.com. That's W-E-S-S-M-O-N-G-O-J-O-L-L-E-Y.com. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.